Hello, we're your hosts, Lydia and Dante, and this is the Don't Be Karen podcast, doing our part to stop racism one Karen at a time. Urban Dictionary defines a Karen as the stereotypical name associated with rude, obnoxious, and insufferable middle-aged white women. Our mission each week will be to bring you some hard-hitting and super silly discussion around our Karen of the week in hopes to bring about just enough shame to potentially keep you from becoming a Karen yourself. So in this episode, what we want to do is uh, just kind of introduce you guys to us and what we want the podcast to be. So Lydia, how about you tell them a little bit about yourself? Sure. But before I talk about myself, which is one of my favorite subjects, I do want to ask everyone to follow us. Make sure you are checking out our website, which is don'tbecaren.com. And that's D-O-N-T, the letter B, Karen.com. Or Dante, what about social media? We got that too, right? Yep. We're on Twitter. Our Twitter is at don'tkaren. That's at D-O-N-T-K-A-R-E-N. And we're on Instagram at do not be Karen. That's D-O-N-O-T-B-K-A-R-E-N. And every week we're going to post a new Karen video um, for you guys to check out. And then a new podcast episode will drop shortly after that. So it's all very exciting. And we hope you come along for the ride because it's going to be great. Absolutely. Feel free to engage with us on those social medias, uh, however you see fit. Uh, And if you find a Karen out in the wild, definitely feel free to send her our way. We'd love that. Uh, We want to know all about it. If you've got a Karen encounter, (laughs) bring it our way, please. I also want to say that despite Urban Dictionary defining it the way it does, I feel like anyone can be a Karen. Like Men can be Karens too. So if you see a Karen, no matter what, you send it to us, okay? Now, Dante, okay, here's a big question because a lot of people call male Karens Darrens <laughs> and then other people have other names for them. But what do you think? Should we call them Darren or do we want to call them something else? I think they should be called Karens as well. <laughs> like, <laughs> Okay. I think awesome. Karen is a, a unisex term and it, it's fully like encompassing. It. It, it takes on... It takes on a large responsibility and, and handles quite a bit, if I'm being honest. All right. I love it. All right. So, yeah, if you've got a Karen, regardless of the gender, regardless of where they are on the gender spectrum, send them our way because we want to know about it. And maybe we'll even have you be a guest on the show. Probably not, because I don't like talking to strangers that aren't you. But <laughs> okay. you know what? Go for it, guys. Way to, if way you- to crush dreams, Dante. But all right. I- I'm kidding. They know I'm kidding. <laughs> Actually, they don't know I'm kidding because we have we got to introduce ourselves. That's My apologies. Go- okay. Lydia, how about you tell us a little bit more about you? <laughs> All right. I'm going to tell you guys about me. So I'm originally from Los Angeles. I am that special unicorn where I was born in L.A. I didn't move there later, um, which is amazing. And um, then I grew up partially in L.A., partly in Orange County. Um, so I have all the makings of a Karen, but I'm not. Um, 
But anyway, I was always one of those kids who was performing and trying to be funny and really annoying and basically bossed everybody around the neighborhood, you know, directing little shows in my backyard, whatnot. So um, I was always writing and performing and doing all that stuff. And uh, I actually had the first play that I wrote professionally produced when I was 12 years old. So I thought I was hot shit at that age. Um, Wait, you had a professionally produced play yes. at 12? Yes. Um, oh, but then I wow. went on to, I just went to a local school. I went to Cal State Fullerton, go Titans. And uh, I majored in theater, TV, and film with the emphasis on playwriting. Um, and then I got lucky. I feel that I got lucky because I got to, you know, tour Japan and Europe and parts of America doing theater and um it was super fun and but my true passion has always been comedy so then I um started training with the Groundlings Theater in LA doing improv and sketch and um and my day job weirdly was uh working in television so then I got to work as a producer or writer on different shows like I worked on Amy's biography. Um, I worked on Whose Line Is It Anyway? I was a comedy writer on this crazy game show from back in the day called Street Smarts. I don't know if everybody saw that. Wow, I love but Street Smarts. Did you? Oh my God. It was like, yeah, me and five other guys and we wrote all the content. And it was funny because in the beginning they were like, Lydia, okay, you gotta be dirtier. You have to be dirtier. It's all these guys were coming up with like really dirty stuff. And I was like, okay, okay. And then it became, you know, the executive producer calling me and saying, Lydia, you're too dirty now. You're too dirty. You gotta pull it back. <laughs> I was just like, I became the dirtiest um, on the squad, which was funny. But uh, apparently I, I liked the dirty comedy because then I created my own stand-up comedy show that I actually did in Houston for a couple years called Dirty Sexy Comedy, um, which was fun. So I, I've always kind of done, you know, stand up and improv and sketch and stuff and then written scripts. So that's what I still do. I have some scripts that I've written that are in development and um, I work in television still for my day job. Um, I just have to give a shout out because I got to work on which again, I feel really lucky that I got to work on the uh, Mark Twain Prize for American Humor honoring Dave Chappelle, which was just nominated for a couple Emmys, which was very exciting. So I'm not, yeah, go Dave Chappelle. I'm not going to get an Emmy for it because I'm not that big of a deal, but the show hopefully will. And everyone worked really hard on it. And Dave Chappelle's amazing. So um, yeah, so I feel lucky and now I'm doing this podcast with the one and only Dante, which I would love it, Dante, if you would talk about yourself. Uh, okay. Well, my name is Dante Powell, and I am a comedian. I live in Des Moines, Iowa. I'm not from here, though. I'm, I'm originally Ooh. from Bernice, Louisiana. I grew up in Louisiana. I moved to Iowa for a woman a long time ago. And uh, I got dumped and stayed. <laughs> so, Aww. well, you got it, something in the breakup. You got the state of Iowa. I mean, she she can have it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she. I. <laughs> I you know. <laughs> oh boy. 
she's a bit of a care in herself. I was thinking about my ex just yesterday because I think one of the most amazing care and experiences I've ever been in was with her when she demanded an entree be taken off of our meal when we went to pay oh, at a Mexican restaurant because they brought us like a cup of queso instead of a bowl. Oh and, my God. And okay. I, I, it's incredible that that uh, is a real thing that happened. But uh, enough of that. I am, I guess, in a, I'm in a unique situation where I am able to perform uh, out of a city that's not, you know, Los Angeles or New York or Chicago, uh, because comedy tends to push you towards going to those places. And so mm-hmm. uh, I, I think being in Iowa gives me a very unique perspective comedically, but I also think it, it'll make it interesting uh, looking into the dynamics of Karen's and, you know, and how they affect the way the country moves and how they uh, just in, in kind of how I approach the entire thing. So I think what you'll what you'll be getting from me specifically uh, as it pertains to the podcast is just some perspective that's based in uh, someone who grew up in a place that was a bit sheltered who's now in a different place that's sheltered in a completely different way. But I've got uh, the the perspective from both angles that allows me to speak on things uh, that I that I see and kind of dig in with my truth. And so if you find yourself interested in wanting to know more about me, I do have uh, a comedy album that's available called The Squirrels Get Fat. If you uh, are on any platform where you listen to music the album is available there uh the video content for the album is available on vimeo again it's called the squirrels get fat and uh i generally am touring like it before the pandemic i was right. uh, <laughs> i was kind of scattered across the country most weekends but uh, that that's been slowed down a bit. But trust me, once things open back up, I'm going to uh, hop back on the road, and I'll surely, hopefully, be in clubs near wherever our listeners may be. So, if I, I can uh, just jump into and say that Dante is a hilarious stand-up comedian. He's a headliner. He tours nationally, and he's incredibly funny. So. I just want to get that in there. <laughs> well, I, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. I, I, uh, I, I love what I do and I'm lucky that I get to do it. And like I said, I know that for a lot of people, they felt the need to move to an LA or New York or Chicago to be able to do what I do. And I don't take that right. for me and I don't take it lightly. So yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of this now as well on, on top of, uh, everything else that uh, it takes to be a comedian. But I, I think the, I kind of got into it a little bit when I was talking about myself, but I, I think the important thing to lay down for the audience right now is the why of the podcast. Mm. You know, there's already a billion podcasts as it is. Right. Why did we need to, you know, the, the tagline for this is that we're doing our part to stop racism one Karen at a time. But, you know, l- let's talk about the, the actual motivation to get up and do something about 
uh, what you see when you're seeing these Karens exist. Exactly, because I think, you know, for me, I'm a white person, I'm a white lady, um, but I'm an ally. And I guess for me, it's from, I can never know what it's like to be a person of color, obviously, but from seeing my loved ones and my friends and my family members who are black, how they were treated or things that happened to them, you know, um, I think for me, all I can say is, you know, systemic racism is such a huge problem. And I'm really glad that we are finally as a country being forced to reckon with it or how we were talking about it earlier and saying um, the evil roots of racism, you know, Karen is the ugly flower that blooms. It's like, why? It's like the the white privilege and the white fragility and all of that is its day of reckoning, you know, but I think it's um, that we're not just here to make fun of Karens. We're here to say, how did this happen and how can we change it? Because I do think like anyone has the possibility to be a Karen, but certainly any white person has the possibility of being a Karen because you don't understand that you live in a white bubble of privilege, you know, maybe, and you don't understand, you know, you have certain expectations or you think you're entitled to a certain thing and understanding that that behavior is not acceptable, you know, and that, you know, it's, it's like ingrained in people. So I think, you know, we're not here to judge and demean people and mock people. Cause there's a bunch of, podcasts and sites that are already like let's just make fun of these Karens yeah That's it's gonna be fun, but yeah <laughs> we want people to learn though and just realize like how can we do our part as comedians or comedic people to show kind of put a light on this and show people like okay this is why this Karen incident happened you know what I mean like this is how it went down we're gonna break it down for you and hopefully you know, we'll be able to laugh at it, but also learn something from it. Well, yeah. One of the things that I mentioned when you brought this idea to me was that I'm very interested in the why and the yeah. how when these things happen. Like, what? why is this person feeling entitled? Is it just entitlement? Is it fear? Like, wh what is this based in? And then from there, uh, trying to figure out well, if you were going to stop this from happening, what would the approach have been? How, what would have been the absolute best approach to take on to keep this from happening altogether? And is it just, is it just a thing of like making that person realize in that moment, like, hey, you're about to be way out of line or is it something more deeply rooted? Is it something that mm -hmm. maybe when they were a child, they, they saw their parent react a certain way to whatever and I know we won't always be able to get to that root of the issue but I think digging into it and looking at the different ways these these things affect people uh is important and, I, and like I said I, I am I look back over my life at moments where things happen and I go well have I ever been a Karen and I, I think that I haven't been I think for the most part I'm actually a pretty chill dude but it's like I said I, I just had the memory pop into my head just yesterday They're like right. you know what one of my exes that I like I moved for this woman 
and she treated someone incredibly poorly at a restaurant over what was essentially, you know, another scoop of queso. And so in that moment, was it was it something that I could have avoided by just looking her in her eyes when she brought it up to me and going, it's not that big of a deal? Or is it something that did did that situation poke and pride something in her that made her say, no, it is a big deal. And until I can voice concern over it or until I can see to it that someone hears the frustration that I want to express, it's not okay. And so it's like that that is so interesting to me. That is uh, sort of where the uh, the idea blossomed when you when you brought it to me was being able to talk about that and like I said I know we won't be able to always figure it out uh, right. but at least be able to explore it is something that I, I think the conversation may be enough to have someone listening to it go oh wow you know what I, there have been times where I felt like if I didn't say something to a manager I couldn't live. Maybe I should have just <laughs> sucked it up and gone home instead of thinking yeah. about that. Or maybe I should have, you know, when I felt like I needed to say something to this person, I should have just walked away or I should have, I should have said something to them and done it from a position of kindness as opposed to a position of anger. So, but yeah. See, I, I think there's a whole subset of Karen encounters that like we will get into, but that deal with service workers or retail workers. And I've been both of those things. I don't know. Have you um, ever worked in a restaurant, Dante, or in retail at all? No, I actually, I've worked in, in a hotel. So it's, it's okay. kind of a mixture of both. <laughs> okay. But I, I've worked retail and I've worked, you know, as a waiter and everything. And let me tell you, there's so many Karen encounters when you work in the service industry because yeah. there is something about people automatically assume you're less than them and they know you're powerless and they know that you're already working a job for very little money so you're going to try to do what you can to keep this job and so it's almost like free reign they feel like they can literally verbally assault you or throw things at you and I've had that happen you know like people Karen's have thrown things in my face. They've, you know, done all kinds of things to me working retail. Just, I don't know. They just felt entitled. So I feel like, yeah, there's, I think you mentioned something last week where you're saying like, were they just triggered by something or is this actually their personality? And if so, like, right. how did they get that way? So I think all those things are interesting topics to really get into and just find out again just because it's not enough just to make fun of a Karen it's like we're seeing more and more Karens just because more and more people are filming them but they've always been going on and they do have serious consequences for people of color obviously if Karens are calling the cops or they're preventing them from getting into their own apartment or yeah. driving their car or you know like there's different levels of Karen encounters, obviously, but um, yeah, we're gonna break it all down for you. We'll be digging into all of it. And so I, I do, as we uh, as we sort of wrap up the the intro to the podcast and letting people know what, we, what we're gonna be doing. I think, do you have maybe a quick 
Karen story from your life that you could share real quick? I think that would be fun. <laughs> sure. I mean, again, let me be clear. I'm a white person. So I, I, this actually happened to me, but, um, and the cops were called, um, but I didn't have any repercussions because I, you know, I think I am who I am. You know what I mean? If I was a person of color, it could have gone maybe in a different way. I don't know. But, um, yeah. So this, at one point, this was during the recession. So I was, yes, I had this great stand-up comedy show that I was doing every week and I got paid money to do, but I also worked a retail job because times were tough. So I was yeah. an assistant manager at a bath and body works. Yes, I was. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, that's okay. Cause I love girly stuff. So that's fine. But I had, um, gone on my break. I was like, Hey, I'm going to go on my break. And I went to go on my break and I went to the Starbucks next door and I came back and this woman said, Hey, you stole my card. And I was like, her credit card. I was like, Nope, ma'am. I absolutely did not. And then she's like, no, I saw you. I know you stole it. And so, you know, at that point I was like, I really didn't. I promise you, I didn't. Did you check? And she was with her daughter and she was a white, older white woman. And, um, she just started screaming and yelling at me. Um, she called the police, the police came, uh, they searched me, they searched all my stuff. They thought maybe I had, and I kept saying like, I didn't, um, at what point she started going through a wallet and then started like chucking her other cards at my face. Oh, um, okay. Literally like literally. And I had, there's nothing I could do. I had to just, you know, suck it up cause it's retail, but also I was, you know, I was just like, I absolutely didn't steal it. And then she went back to her car, Dante, and she found it, her credit card. It oh, was man. in her car. Did she and apologize? No, she did not. So then this, this happened. So then her daughter came back in and she was like, oh, actually, okay. My mom just, she, she found it. It, she, it was in like the console or something and she stuck it in there in the car. And I was like, okay. So this is after she has thrown things at my face, called the cops in front of all the other customers, everyone I work with, you know, um, and she had called corporate, I guess, and reported me. Um, and that was it. And no apology. The daughter didn't apologize. Nothing. It was just like, oh, okay, we found it. And, uh, I still got written up from corporate because wow. I don't know. Yeah. It was just, I mean, I luckily was only working there for five months, so it wasn't, I didn't have to stay there forever. Um, but yeah, it was because it was one of those things where it was like, there was an incident, you were involved. I was like, I didn't do anything, but, um, yeah, so that was, that was a Karen incident that happened to me. And again, when the cops came, you know, I mean, they did their thing, they did their due diligence, but I didn't fear for my life. And that's, you know, that's the difference. Like I wasn't yeah. thinking I'm going to be arrested. I know I didn't do anything, but you know, the crazy I, part yeah. of this to me is that like, I, I would have kept the other cards. I would have been like, no, she's <laughs> at me. I get to it's like, <laughs> right. Well, it's just, it was like shocking because it's literally like, hello, we're Bath and Body Works, you know, we're, you know, wearing like a little blue apron and just trying to, you know, sell hand soaps to people. And she just escalated it into such a crazy, like not even, 
I mean, I don't know why she just decided she just decided that I was the one, you know what I mean? And she was coming for me. So it was like, okay, but I was not the one. And it, it, again, like when you're at work, it's a whole different thing. You can't, um, you gotta be polite, you know what I mean? Or at least I had to in that environment. I couldn't actually, you know, maybe say what I wanted to say or, you know, act how I wanted to act. So, yeah, yeah. You know, um, what about that, you? Did you, I mean, I know you talked about the one with your ex. Oh, when that, um, when that went down, did you say anything or what? Just I laughed in her face uh, uncontrollably. Okay. I was like, you're really doing this. And she didn't like, I, I think that the, uh, I think that my, what I was doing and I didn't realize it at the time was I was speaking to the manager that she was speaking to as well. So she was like, oh, okay. she was making these demands and I was like kind of laughing in her face so that the person, the manager on duty realized like, hey, you don't need to punish anyone. You don't need to like take this as seriously as I think she's taking it. And uh, that's just one of those things that you kind of learn to do as someone who's felt consequences. You just go, maybe if I laugh, they'll realize that it's not that big a deal and hopefully yeah. want to lose their job for this. But uh, like in terms of like Karening, uh, there was a, when I was working hotel, mm -hmm. there was a lady who was, uh, I, I don't even know the best way to describe. She was basically uh, just erratic. Okay. And she never, she never really did a good job of like staying on top of what she needed to stay on top of. But she swore that she had some medicine delivered, and the medicine just wasn't at the desk. And uh, it, I worked at a uh, a hotel that was kind of an extended stay place where it was an upper end extended stay. So people were there for a while, and they got a lot of mail, and we got a lot of mail. And when this medicine didn't show up, she was, uh, she wasn't like blaming us or anything, but she was just like adamant that it had to be there, that something was going like crazy. And then uh, I guess at some point the manager just told her, hey, we can't have you here anymore. You're putting like, you're putting a damper on what's supposed to be a, a nice, fun environment. And the lady just like went off. She like pushed some really big plants over. Oh my God! And, like, it was uh, it was just she a just crazy. She had a temper tantrum, basically. She did, and uh, the the craziest part about it to me was that <laughs> she, as she was leaving, because she it was like an extended stay thing. She kind of got to know us all, and she was okay. like. She's like, I don't want you guys in my life anymore anyway. She So she like pointed at the two managers. She's like, you and you aren't welcome in my life. And then she started listing off the entire like workforce. She's like, Dante, you can still be in my life. Uh, Sydney, you can still be in my life. Donna, you're not welcome in my life. Uh, I know that Jake isn't here. Jake isn't welcome in my life. And so she had... She had been keeping tabs on us to the point that when she got kicked out, she knew exactly who was like, this person is on my good list. This person is on my bad list. She's and keeping tabs on you. 
Yeah, so that like that is what threw me even more than her knocking the plants over. I was like, yeah, we can clean that up. But her having that list, I was like, boy, that is quite a bit to take on right now. <laughs> well, that sounds like an awful Karen encounter, but we got to wrap this up. We're going to talk about more Karen encounters. We're going to talk about Karen encounters in the wild. Some more of our yep. personal firsthand Karen encounters. We're going to start. What do you say, Dante? We're going to start dropping episodes in a uh, couple mid- weeks, yeah, right? A couple weeks, middle of August uh, 2020. We, you know, the pandemic, you never know what's We're gonna what. We're going to get it in. We're going to get yeah. it in, though. So keep a lookout. Follow us, right? Um on yep. social media, Twitter, Instagram, on our website, don'tbecaren.com. You can follow Dante. What's your personal website again? My personal website is www.dantepowell.com. You can also follow my Twitter at Dante Powell and my Instagram at Moose Rattler. You got anything you want to give the people, Lydia? Um, I want to give you guys my personal website, which is lydiaville.com. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at the Glamour Rodeo or on Instagram at the Real Lydia O'Neill. Um, we're gonna wrap this baby up, but we're so excited to start the Don't Be Karen podcast, and we're so happy to have you guys on board. Yeah. So we'll see you real soon. In the meantime, don't be a Karen. <laughs> <laughs>